0: Go ahead and get it out. If you have a Bible app on your phone, fire it up. Welcome to everybody. So glad that everyone is here. If you are new to church and much of this is strange to you or different, um, that's understandable. Don't feel awkward. It was strange to everyone at some point. Strange meaning different, out of the ordinary for you. Uh, but God is good. <laughs> and when you come in contact with Him, the real Him, not and i don't mean that we represent him perfect but we try you know if you come in contact with the real god you like him he is he is likeable <laughs> praise god uh, look with me at john chapter 17 john chapter 17 i started a series and we had a, a couple interruptions but uh, earlier called beloved and, and today i want to continue I, I did spend about 4 Sundays already, uh, teaching about how God loves us. I mean, that was kind of the main thrust of each of those, saying it in different ways. Um, say, does it really take, you know, four weeks just to say God loves you? It takes more than that, actually. <laughs> and I don't think we can exhaust it. I think the the vast sum total of all of our understanding of love and every bit of love we've received from, pe- from people only scratches the surface in God's eternal love for us, and then we're going to live in it. I mean, if you're saved, you're going to heaven. You're going to live in His love forever, and uh, I think you know it'll it'll blow each and every one of us away uh, when we first experience it on that level. Um, I, I know I've I've read after numerous people who have either had visions of heaven or have had what is called not in the Scripture but called in in studies. Uh, near-death experiences, uh, many of those and people who have experienced um, heaven on some level and it seems to be a consistent and continual reflection that people were overwhelmed by the love of God. It's just hard to explain. They're overwhelmed by His amazing love. Let's see if we can you know get that while we're still here. I'm getting it there but what I see in the Scripture, I'm supposed to get it here too and understand it, how much He loves us. Uh, John 17:23 has been our text for the series. Jesus praying here says, I in them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So say it with me. The Father loves me just as much as He loves Jesus. That's what the Lord was saying there. That's what He was praying. And that revelation is so vital. You see, the reality of God's love is of preeminent importance for everybody. It is the starting place. It's the central theme of the Bible. It is the reason God sent His only begotten Son. It all started with His love for God. Us, Amen. And if you want to be a better lover, you know what you should do? You should have a greater understanding and abiding in the Father's love for you. Like we've said before, it's hard to give what you don't have. And if you don't know how much you are loved, your love towards others will be greatly limited. Obviously, we could do a whole series. I have before, probably will again sometime, on walking in love. It's one of our calls, uh, to walk in love and forgiveness towards one another. I just really believe if we will get this, it sets the stage for everything else. Okay? The Apostle Paul even prayed this. He wrote to the Ephesians, and one of the prayers he wrote in Ephesians was, in Ephesians 3, is that we would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge we would know that's what his prayer was these people were already saved they're already on their way to heaven they have a relationship with god and he's he's praying father may they know the love of christ i think if that prayer was needed for them it's still needed for us today because there is a, a real reality that there is a greater experience in god's love for each and every one of us And it's so interesting to me that he connected or tied to that revelation, experiencing the fullness of God. Think about the fullness of God and what is that? Can you even wrap your mind around the fullness of God? All His love and power and might and wisdom and all His foreknowledge and healing and and everything that He is. All His love and joy and peace, all of that, all that is tied to a revelation of His love. Amen. Amen it's almost like love is the container to receive everything else and, and, and if I you know if I go up to the the the, the soda fountain you know you, you push the button or you you know and if I don't have a cup I can't benefit from anything there right? and if you don't have an understanding of God's love for you he wants to pour a bunch of lemonade and diet coke and Sprite into your life, but you don't have a you don't have the container to receive it. Amen. You see, you think sometimes people can't receive healing because they don't know how much God loves them. I do. I think it's totally real. Yeah. You think sometimes people suffer financially because they don't know how much God loves them? Totally connected. You think sometimes people have bad relationships and poor marriage and family relationships because they don't know of God's love? Hundred percent. So I think this is worthy of our time. Amen? Worthy of our time. Can we take a couple more weeks at least? You'd be willing to get your, your container ready for the fullness of God? Amen. Now, uh, since God is love, we've read that in other passages, I know that I can learn love by His interaction with me. If I can read in here, or through experience, genuine experience, um, about how God treats someone, how He speaks to people, how He leads them, the kind of things that He does, I can then connect the dots and say, okay, God did this and He is love, therefore that act is love. Everybody with me? I can expand my understanding of love by seeing how God acts. And so, um, uh, something that I may not want to do, but I know God wants me to do, I should interpret that in light of His love. So He says, uh, you know, He gives me a a specific order to follow, and I think, I don't want to do that, that's not going to be good. But wait a minute, who told me to do that? Love did. He must know something I don't know. He must see the bigger picture. If He wants me to do that, He's love. I'm going to trust it. Right? If He wants uh, me to give something away that I have plans for, well, that can be uncomfortable. I might not want to do that. But if I go back to the starting block, He is love. Love asked me to do that. It's probably going to turn out good if I do that because He's not trying to hurt me. Right? You recall... uh, uh, when Jesus had a conversation with a person that's identified as the rich young ruler. Okay, Mark chapter 10, you can read about that. Uh, the rich young ruler was, I don't want to go through the whole thing, but trying to justify himself and find out how to receive eternal life. And the thing that the Lord did was kind of a real strong word. You remember what it was? He told him, he said, sell everything and come follow me. And And he didn't. He didn't receive that, and that was a hard thing for him to do. Uh, but right before Jesus said that, here's what the Scripture says about it. He looked at him and loved him. And then he gave him that directive. Wow. So it shows us Jesus was not ticked off at the guy. God, you know, He's not upset with him. That's why he's telling him such a strong word. He loved him enough to say, this is what's keeping you from heaven. This is what's keeping you from heaven from eternal life and love will tell someone the truth even if it's kind of strong and the Lord who loves us we are his beloved will tell us things like that if it's necessary and so like I said to you a few weeks back love is not all um, hugs and ice cream love absolutely includes hugs and ice cream But it is not limited to those type of gestures. So I do not want to interpret God's working in my life. If there is anything less than, Woo! Then it can't be God. It must be the devil. (laughs) You ever ever had the Lord tell you to do something and you thought, That's the devil. (laughs) And it wasn't because it was sin. It wasn't evil. It wasn't wrong. It was just something you didn't want to do. So you just said that. I resist that in Jesus' name. You can't resist Jesus in Jesus' name. (laughs) Let's understand that sometimes love works towards us, and it's not immediately pleasant. He's not going to hurt us. He's for us and not against us, but it can sometimes be different. So I want to share with you a, a few items today that I call, I say this way, love is not, and then I'll fill in the blank. The first one is this, love is not or does does not, let me say it that way, love does not always agree. Love does not, and who's love? God. Does not always agree. What what do you mean agree? Agree with me. (laughs) Uh, If I have the idea that whatever I want is just always wonderful... And if I want it, then God's totally for it. Just because He loves me, then He wants to give me a a, a green light every time. Then I'm misunderstanding love. Sometimes if I want something, the Father, because He loves me, will say, No, 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 don't do that. Don't go there. Don't do that. That's not the right thing. That's not going to help you or anyone else. Sometimes we want wrong things. It's just true even if you're a Christian, even if you're saved. I mean, I think the more we walk with God, the more you have a prayer life every day, the more you're in, a, in church like this and you surround yourself with the atmosphere of heaven, the more you are going to want things that are in alignment with God. Okay? Our desires do get changed. and Nevertheless, sometimes we want to do something and He doesn't really want us to. And so He's not just going to automatically agree. Let me give you a couple verses. Throughout the rest of this message, I have a lot of verses. So stay, you know, caught up as best you can. Maybe you want to write, just write them down. Uh, Proverbs 27 and verse 6 reads, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Now, Isn't that kind of opposite of what we might lean towards? You think, kiss? That's love. I got a kiss. Well, sometimes the enemy will kiss you to deceive you. It's a deceitful kiss. And typically you wouldn't think of a wound as being love. Right? Think wounds? I don't want to be wounded. A faithful friend, what is that saying? is that, is that saying you you know, a faithful friend's gonna break your arm or something? No. <laughs> but sometimes a faithful friend will tell you something and shoot you straight, and it might hurt. It might be uncomfortable. But if he really loves you, if he really cares about you, he will tell you the truth because he is faithful to you. Okay, And if that's love, then I know God will sometimes say things to me and I might define them or describe them as a wound. I might say, yikes, that hurts. Ooh, mm, I don't like that. That doesn't make me feel good. But he loves me enough to help me with it. Okay, Leviticus 19 and verse 17 reads, You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. Well, what should we not do? Hate our brother and we should surely rebuke our neighbor. That's a commandment. Of course, that's the law, but you see how the principle works. We're we required to rebuke our neighbor? Well, That's what love would do. Love would. We'll shoot someone straight, we'll tell them the truth, even if it's temporarily, you know, uncomfortable, love will do that. And they think that's amazing. They were commanded to do that. I think if I'm going the wrong direction, if I have true friends, and they don't say anything, if I'm about to make a bad decision, if I'm about, especially, you know, not just a, a minor thing, but if I'm really going the wrong direction, and I have true friends that I call true, and they don't say anything... Are they really a friend? I don't want God to be a yes man with me. Whatever I say, yes. Lord, I want to... I want to... What do I want to do? <laughs> I want to move to Hawaii. Yes. <laughs> Lord, Lord, I want to... You know, whatever. Or, I'm think, Lord, I'm thinking there's a bank down the street. They have a lot of money you know me i'm going to do good things with it they're not could i go down and get some of that could i what's what's his answer no do not rob the bank not a good idea to rob banks now what about the promises of god understand where i'm going let's not get in the ditch here what's the answer to god's promises oh yeah anything anything jesus died for anything god promised you he's never telling you no because he promised it, he's backing up his word. He watches over his word to perform it, and so. Uh, but I understand this: God's love does not mean that He always agrees with me, and I don't really want Him to. You don't really want Him to always agree with you. Secondly, uh, love does not withhold warnings. Love does not withhold warnings. You, you know, warning someone can be an act of love. It's a very scriptural thing. thing. Let me uh, let me give you these three verses. 1 Corinthians 4.14 reads, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. Notice the language, warn and beloved, right in the same verse. If you are really beloved, you will warn, if you are beloved, the one loving you will warn you. In this case, God will at times warn us about the direction of our life or about some way that we're thinking or believing or some way we're behaving, He will warn us, not not as a way to harm us or just make us unhappy, but as a way of saving us. If we're loved, we're warned. Don't we do that for people? Again, back to previous illustrations, but I, I know uh, if you're about to make a wrong decision, let, let, let's say, for example, a guy is about to marry his Girl, girlfriend, fiancé, they're about to get married. And every time he prays or she prays about it, the Lord gives them a, uh, you know, in the spirit, not talking about an emotion, but a spiritual stop sign, a spiritual no, uncomfort, discomfort. It's like, every time I pray, this doesn't seem right, this doesn't seem right, this doesn't seem right. So why would the Lord do that? Doesn't he want us, he wants us to be happy he does want us he does want you to be happy doesn't want me to be happy sometimes that's why he warns us cuz he sees what's going to happen next year he knows that person inside and out and you inside and out and maybe they're not maybe one person or the other is not bad but when you get together you know like certain chemicals anybody take chemistry in 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 high school and and uh, you played with some some of the combinations <laughs> to the destruction of the room. <laughs> Sometimes when things go together, they're just not good together, and the Lord will warn us regarding that. Colossians 1.28 reads, Him we preach, Him is Jesus, so we preach Jesus, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So if I want to end up as is described, perfect in Christ Jesus, I need a warning. Cause not all pathways lead to that desired outcome. And if I am heading down the wrong path, I, please, Lord, please tell me, please send some of your folks, some of your people in my pathway to say, hey, hey, you're going the wrong way, man. Turn. Bridge out ahead. And sometimes I want them to warn me. And love will do that. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5.14 Paul writes here, Now we exhort you brethren, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. Patient with all. Should we be patient with the unruly? Yes, but don't withhold the warning. If someone is being unruly, love them. How, how 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 am I going to love them? Warn them. Your unruliness is not going to go well for you in the future. And this is the way that God treats us. Is it just as valuable as a hug? Yeah. Yeah. Is it just as good as an ice cream cone? Not in the immediate, <laughs> but tomorrow or next year, I'll look back and say, I'm glad He didn't give me an ice cream cone that day. I'm glad He gave me a warning. Because I was about to go down the wrong path. Yeah. I've had individuals tell me over the years, multiple times, people who have come out of prison have told me that they thank God that they went to prison. You wouldn't think that would be the highest. I mean, we don't put that in the songs usually. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. (laughs) When I move my body. When I go to jail. (laughs) But but you understand their point. What they've told me is they said, If I hadn't gotten in trouble or gotten caught, I would be dead. I was going on the wrong path. And they literally say, Thank you, Lord, that I got in trouble and it stopped me from going down that path. So, again, comfort, no. But a good word. Uh, Hopefully, you know, we can avoid that and listen to the warnings ahead of time. But if not, whatever it takes... Let's look at this thing from the big picture, okay? And so, when we see someone doing things that will hurt them and don't say anything, is, is, would that be love? I think that's more love of self. If I see you going down the wrong path and I think, ah, they're doing the wrong thing, but man, if I tell them this, they're probably not going to accept it. They might get angry at me. They might reject me as a result. See, who do I love? I love me. And I love the way I feel. God will risk your acceptance. He'll, he'll risk rejection by telling us the truth. Isn't it, isn't it correct that some people will reject the Lord? Because of, a, because of Him saying something that they don't want to do? They do. But He loves them anyways and tells them the truth. Even at the risk of the relationship being, at least in the near term, um, lost. It's just like, I mean, this is this is real life. Sometimes parents have to deal real strong with their kids that are doing the wrong thing. And many times they don't. They don't deal with them in a proper way because their, their explanation is, I don't want to break this connection. I don't want to lose the relationship. And so they won't take a stand for anything that's right. And I know that's hard. And no one wants to lose the relationship. But is it really love if we don't tell them the truth? Sometimes you have to risk it. And you keep praying and you keep loving and you keep showing mercy. But you still give the warning. Everybody okay? Alright, let me give you one more. One more for today. And uh, this is a seatbelt one. Put it on. Because it, it, it it, it a little bit will tweak people's mind. But I'll show you in Scripture. I'm not here to preach my own ideas. Judge it all by the word. Number three is love does not accept unconditionally. Ooh, love does not accept unconditionally. Meaning God is not an all inclusive person who just accepts all. However, you want to do it, your path, your path, your way. All roads lead to Rome. You know, do whatever you want. No, no, no. That's that's not who He is. That's not what love is. And so let me let me show you that in, in in scripture. Uh, a couple examples when Saul was king of Israel. One of the things that happened when he went the wrong direction, he went, he he got off off track. First Samuel 15:23. He has also rejected you from being king. Wow, God rejected Saul. How rude! Lord, don't you accept everybody? Didn't accept Saul. That really it wasn't God's desire, but it was Saul's choice. Wasn't it? He went the wrong way, and so he got pushed aside and replaced with David. All right. Jeremiah six thirty. People will call them rejected silver, because the Lord has rejected them. What? God rejected them? How rude. No, no. Love. He loves everybody, wants everybody. But how many know it's not like on your terms? It's like your house if i come over to your house unannounced and mud on my boots or something else like that and and i come into your house and you left the front door open so i just walk right in leaving a trail i've got a couple my pets behind me and they're sniffing around the corners and do you do you have a right to say you know I'm going to have to ask you to leave and and your pets. (laughs) Yeah, it's your home. You can set the standard. You know, it's like some people, you go to their house and they say they have a no-shoe policy. Well, I may not like that, but I can stay in my car. It's your house. I mean, you can have any rule that you want. When it comes to the kingdom of God, His rule is... Motivated by love, for sure. It's not selfishly motivated, but God has standards and He sets the rules. And we can we can either live by them and follow them, or say yes your way, or we can sit out in the car. Yeah. Everybody okay? Um, reject means dismiss as inadequate, inappropriate, or not to one's taste. Accept means to regard favorably or with approval, welcome, pleasing. God, you, you know Him. He's love. We've already covered that. Who, who does He want to accept? That's not hard. Uh, he wants to accept everybody because He so loved the world. Okay? He accepts everybody along a certain path. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by Me, wasn't that God kind of saying, leave your boots outside? Saying, your way is not necessarily the way, but I've made a way where you can come. It's all accepting if you follow His plan, if you do it His way. But if we say, I want to do it my own way, I want to live my life my own way, I don't want to have God intruding on me, then, then we are set aside. Leviticus chapter 22, you don't have to turn there, but in the Old Testament, you know, they, they were given a sacrificial system to cover their sins, and to deal with their stuff until Jesus would one day die for the sin of the world. But God gave them very specific instructions regarding their sacrifices and their offerings to the Lord. In fact, before I read that, you remember the very first offering in the Bible? There were two brothers, Cain and Abel. Both brought their offerings to the Lord. Abel brought an offering that was accepted. God received it. And Cain brought an offering that was rejected the Lord said nope that offering is not okay you remember what happened is the Lord was saying to Cain you can change and you'll be accepted you can do this different you can do it in a way that's right and it will be accepted but in the meantime watch out because sin is at your door okay but what happened in that situation Cain ended up killing Abel over the offering (laughs) I mean how many people still today get upset about the offering yeah Because God has things that He wants done a certain way. Certain things are acceptable to Him. Certain things are not acceptable. And we should seek at all times to humble ourselves and say, not my way, your way. Not my will, your will. If I'm doing this off in any way, Lord, I want to bring something before you that is presented as an acceptable offering. Okay? In in all of our lives, in whatever we do. Leviticus 22 gives an example. Verse 20. Whatever has a defect... You shall not offer, for it shall be acceptable, it shall not be acceptable on your behalf. And whoever offers a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord to fulfill his vow or a free will offering from the cattle or the sheep, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Now someone might think about the Lord, might think about God and think, what, my offering's not good enough for you? What, I've got this calf and it's not good as good as that calf and, and they can become real self-righteous and say, uh, I just demand things my way? Or they can say, oh, okay, the Lord doesn't like this kind of offering, He likes this kind, I'm going to do this. Wouldn't that be the right heart? Say, why is it so important that the offering be perfect? Well... Here's why that was. That was a type and shadow of Jesus himself. It was a prophetic picture of what was to come. And that is Jesus being the spotless lamb. Slain from the foundation of the world. He qualified to bear the sins of you and me in himself. So we could be free. And so that's why that was a big deal. And why God had such strict standards. But I'm thankful that Jesus wasn't just like a pretty good person. He lived sinless so that He could be my sacrifice. He could be my substitute. Amen. And so again, not all their offerings were accepted by the Lord. And, uh, and we should know today that love does not automatically accept everything. Love wants to lift us up to a higher standard. To lift our lives to a better place. You say, well, what about me? I'm concerned now. Am I accepted or rejected? Well, here's the good news. That's the reason Jesus came. Jesus came so that God, through Christ, could accept everybody. Yeah. He came so that anyone could come to Him, by Him, and be from that point on fully accepted throughout eternity. Never, ever rejected. Say, if I sin, am I rejected? No, your sin might be rejected. But if you're in Christ, you're still accepted in the Beloved. Amen. So uh, you know Jesus would say things like this, uh, John 637 NLT however, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. If you come to Jesus, if you have or you will come to Jesus, you will never be rejected and there's a passage I use quite frequently around here. May use it again in a minute from uh, Matthew chapter 10. And verse 32, where Jesus said, Therefore, whoever confesses Me before men, him I will also confess before My Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies Me before men, him I will also deny before My Father who is in heaven. you saying sometimes people get denied by the Lord? That's what He said. So I don't want to be denied by the Lord. Then confess Him before men. In other words, not ashamed, unafraid. Boldly declare, I belong to the Lord. and He belongs to me. I've been washed and cleansed in His blood and I will live for eternity. Amen. When we do that, we get acknowledged. Praise God. And so in seeing this, here's what we can begin to learn. Is the more we know the Father, the more we know love. The more we know love the more we know the Father. But I do not want to interpret either God or love in some little narrow pathway, maybe defined by the culture or the uh, television or anything around. I want to understand the Father by looking at Jesus and by looking at how He speaks and treats people then I would put myself in a position, when he deals with me, I'm never going to say, I rebuke that devil. (laughs) I'm never going to say, oh, God would never do that. He would never tell you no. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. And thank God he will. Not to his promises, but to maybe a wrong pathway that I I might be on or a wrong way that I might be thinking or living my life. He will say no. And when he does, you should say, thank you. For loving me enough to not let me get off track amen say it out loud with me again today say i know the father loves me because he loves me he will tell me the truth he will direct me he will correct me he will guide me in the way i should go amen amen father thank you for working.